last time on Join the Party. And we back, and we back, and we back. The speaker wants to get the party going again because something big is going down in Chronopolis. So, if I am understanding correctly, yeah. Do we have to punch a god? The eternal autumn of Chronopolis is falling apart, and it's the work of Zeol, god of death and time. Unfortunately, they can't get much information out of the messenger bridge because... And I am here on behalf of Chronopolis because we are having a problem, and only one of which is that punk face Alonzo. Oh, that's right, Alonzo. He's having some problems of his own. His relationship is... Not so great at the moment. My hand cannot write anymore. You come get me when you're done saving the world. Okay, I may be understating it. The party urges him to come, but the speaker no longer trusts the young prince and sequesters him to his room for this adventure. Let's see, are we missing anything? No, uh... You are all coming with me right now. Nope. All right, (laughs) let's go. Let's get the party started. The party is riding on the backs of motorcycles and Joe the Camel, driven by Johnny B, good light. And you are making very good time to Chronopolis. Bridge is doing sick endos the entire time. Joe does uh, some uh, wheelies as well. What does that even look like? Whatever you want. He just rises up and then walks on his back feet while you're doing it. But maintains speed. In fact, goes faster. (laughs) In fact, goes faster. Oh, no. The speaker does not like that. No, the speaker does not like that. As you approach the edge of the circle... You're starting to see the rolling hills of Chronopolis. So like I described before, Chronopolis is pretty spread out. So we're talking like the greater Chronopolis area. As you start to come close to the edge of the circle, you see that the area is as serene as the speaker described it as. Reds and oranges and yellows, that everything looks like it's on fire. It's so bright. And it's on the trees and the roads that are leading the miles into the main city. These rolling hills are filled with color. And to the right, you see just like these massive piles of leaves that you assume like people have raked up off to the right side of the road. All of a sudden, the scene shifts. It's like there's a glitch that you're looking into in this big dome. Suddenly, it's a winter wonderland. There's snow uh, lightly drifting from the sky. Uh, It's dusting every surface. It almost blinds you in the way that sun reflects off of snow. And it's just like too bright. Then the scene shifts again, and it's spring. So whether or not those piles were covered by leaves or snow before, you see enormous rose bushes. Like, these roses are huge. They're like 10 feet in diameter, and these petals are unusually large. And everything is verdant green. There's grass and weeds and plants. Everything is just all of a sudden has burst out of the ground. And as you're approaching, it's like there's there's a very definitive cutoff of where this mile marker is happening. So it's like you, you guys are just like on your regular path and all of a sudden it goes into this the Chronopolis circle and the ground is dusted with pollen all over the, the road that's leading you into Chronopolis. Do we see an actual dome or it's just like you take one step and the road behind you is what it was and now it's like a whatever season is currently there? 
it's not a dome necessarily. I'm just saying that like there's precipitation happening in there. There's like a liminal space, I guess, dividing the regular space and the Chronopolis space. Mm -hmm. So like I said, there's snow in the Chronopolis area, but there is no sort of precipitation happening on the outside. Cool. Um, and O'Cake sneezes because she's allergic to pollen. Oh no. I wrote that too. down. I literally wrote down O'Cake sneezes. I'm a poor babe. Can you do a constitution roll? It's not gonna be good, Brandon. Does she need tissues? Ooh. You got a two. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Sees it so much. Give it Zyrtec. I'll put it in peanut butter and give it to Johnny is unsure what to do because he likes to obviously dress for the situation. Yeah. And he has all the appropriate clothing for all of these seasons, but the fact that he has to change it so often is causing a lot of distress. Oh, for sure. You are not alone in that. The motorcycle gang pulls up about 10 feet away from the Chronopolis Circle. Bridge takes a big stretch and says, okay, we finally made it. I think we made really good time. I was proud of that. Uh, Johnny, never do that with a camel. It worries me, and it makes me look significantly less cool. Uh, when bridge stretches, do they squawk a little bit, maybe? <laughs> the ruffling of feathers okay. inside of there, yeah. Okay, sneezes again. <laughs> um, Joe the camel winks at bridge. Ooh. 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 A thought so stupid just occurred to me that I'm not going to share it. Share it. Share it. Share you it, have to share, share it. Share it. Share it. Share we hung one heart. Uh, taking oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> so, like I described before, the motorcycle gang are just like these anime characters who are wearing their helmets at all times. Yeah. Finally, they pull up and... Where it says, all right, when we go inside, you just uh, remember it's going to get a little weird in there. And, um, you know, it's controlled by a god, so it might be a little... It's going to be super weird. Yeah, it's going to be super weird. Weird or dangerous? Both. Weirdly both. dangerous. Weirdly dangerous. Dangerously weird? Yeah. Cool. All right, guys, let's go, let's go on in there. And the motorcycle game behind him does not follow. He tries to rev to get, out, get back on his motorcycle, and he revs the engine, and no one else turns on their motorcycles. Tracy yeah. turns on his motorcycle. <laughs> He's ready to go. Like, <laughs> Johnny uh, presses the NOS on Joe. All ten of the motorcycle riders that are with you flip up the visors of their helmets, and all of them look so tired. Like, they have these extremely heavy bags under their eyes. Oh, come on, guys. Come on. It's just a little bit losing sleep. I don't understand what the problem is. And all of them don't move. What does he mean by that? All right. Well, there's another thing that there's another thing that happens. No one, because of the shifting weather and all that stuff, no one really gets good sleep in there. I've just been drinking 12-hour energy just to keep myself going. We well, I'm fine with it. I was doing that in the first place, so it doesn't really affect me. But the people inside, they don't. No one really sleeps that well. Yeah, I'll go. I don't sleep anyway. That's fair. All right, cool. Me, you want to? You got a twelve-hour energy, and he goes into his pack and pulls one out, and it's like a can. This is twelve. It's a twelve-hour energy. Get your life boosted. Yeah, give me that. <laughs> Tracy takes it and uh, eats the whole can. It tastes nasty, and even as a robot who can't taste things, it tastes nasty. <laughs> Do you swallow the can? I chewed first, but yes. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. Inar just says, "I can sleep anywhere, man." Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we thought, but no one can sleep more than a few hours at a time. I don't know which, what 
probably something to do with the weather. Uh, I have a perhaps more pressing issue. Mm-hmm. I have something I don't know if anyone here knows. They're called spell slots. They're a thing. Mm-hmm. H- how would one perhaps um, regain spell slots if they can't be sleeping? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I would say that you you would probably not be able to do long rests inside. Mm. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, been a great ride, but Joe uh, <laughs> informed me that he has to catch a train uh, over Antopolis Way, so I'm going to go with Joe to Antopolis to catch the train. Joe's going to take a train? You can't Listen, leave us here. I have no choice in the matter. This is a Joe problem, and I have to take care of him. Joe, do you do you have a train to catch? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's me, Joe. I'm Joe. I want ma- everyone to make. I want everyone to make a perception check with disadvantage. Down the camera. <laughs> Does you have a theme song? Eleven. Twelve. Fifteen. Ooh. We all did better than fifty percent. And are you too busy making making sure that Johnny doesn't pull away on the camel, and Johnny's too busy do making impressions of Joe the camel's voice? Yep. And Joe uh, rolls his eyes. And Tracy, <laughs> Tracy, you look over at those rose bushes, and one of the petals move. Are the rose bushes inside the wall, or are they on our plane? No, they're inside the wall. Is it within reach? Okay, no, you would have to walk inside of the wall. Gotcha. Hey, Bridge, are flowers, like, more than just, like, decoration here? Do they move and breathe and talk? I realize this is a weird question. The roses are moving, is why I ask. I saw something in there. Tracy, bro, Tracy, you, sh- you should have eaten the whole can of 12-hour energy. I think it's been- no, flowers are flowers. Why? Flowers are flowers! Oh, my God! Flower- What? This what is Tracy on 12-hour energy. I forgot. <laughs> And Arch is going to walk over to the rose bush. Okay. You're going to go into the... Oh, yeah. And uh, kind of peer under it. As you step over the plane of the magic circle, you don't feel any different. It does feel a little bit warmer. It's a, Now, all of a sudden, it is a nice spring day. All and right. your feet get all covered in pollen. And you get down on your hands and knees. And I want you to make an investigation check. 14. Okay. As you look under the rose bush, you see that the roots of it, they're thick and spiny, and they're dug into the ground. They don't look like they're stable in the ground. It's like something literally dug itself in there and is holding itself like a claw. Like bird claws on a branch or something? That is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to, as dignified as I can, scramble up and run back to the group. I want you to make, uh... How dignified was she? Is there a dignified role? (laughs) However I can make this acrobatic, I will, because that's my highest proficiency. I want want you to make a dexterity saving throw. Ten. Anara, as you scramble up to get away from the rose bush, a thorny vine shoots out of the middle of the bush and grabs you by the ankle. And latches on and starts to pull you in towards the rose bush. The rose bush starts to move upwards, and the roots on the bottom start to push itself out of the ground. And all five of the roses then start to snake off of the top of the rose bush, and vines shoot out of the middle. There's no stem in the middle, it's just like terrible vines. <laughs> 
the vines start snapping at all of you. And I want you all to roll initiative. Well, guys, I, I touched the butt. I'm sorry. Nice. Touching the butt. Touching the butt. Six. Thirteen. Fifteen. Yep. Oh, there you go, Tracem. I think I'm just rolling 15s this game. I know. You're 15 club. Okay. The rose monster rises out of the ground, and all five of the rose heads lash out vines from inside of the flower oh, petals. Oh, good. Terrifying. Lovely. And each one lashes out at you three, Bridge, and the speaker. Uh, Anara, 21. Does that hit? Does that hit? Uh, yeah, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. Okay, Anara, you take seven damage, so that's seven divided by two. You take four damage, and you remain restrained. Johnny, you also get hit. Uh, that how, was how also. Do you, how do you is know? that a twenty-one? How do you know? You don't know how much thing I got. That's true. You, I don't. Uh, you you take six damage, and you get pulled ten feet towards the massive rose bush. I'm on Joe the camel. Sure. Why don't you make a strength a strength save to All see right. if you get pulled off of Joe? I didn't think that you were on Joe the Camel while you were singing his theme song. I'm absolutely on Joe the Camel while I'm singing his theme and song. And that's why. While Joe was singing his theme I'm song. I'm going to say if you <laughs> fail, you get pulled off of Joe. Six. I rolled 21. So you also get okay, pulled. So I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Do you have a dice over there that has one extra side? <laughs> slash all the sides say 21? I don't, you actually. keep rolling 21. So, Johnny, you get pulled off of Joe the Camel, and now you are prone, and you Great. still take those six damage. Joe the Camel tries as much as he can to pull you back, but the vine is too strong, and you're face down on the ground. Tracy, what's your AC? 16. Okay, I roll higher than that. Prove it. I rolled it. <laughs> I, Here's, I have an 18 right here. This is my 18. Um, and Tracy takes 10 points of piercing damage. Thank you, kind sir. I enjoy this damage and very much. You are also being helped. You also get pulled 10 feet by the rose monster into its bushy claws. Um, and then it's going to attack. Another vine shoots out at Bridge, and it catches him right on the beak. Oh, no. He gets pulled off of his motorcycle, and a, a vine shoots out at the speaker. And the speaker kind of swats it away. And she says, I wasn't ready to, I wasn't ready to fight at this moment, but I guess that's what I'm gonna have to do. Uh, the last thing that the rose monster is gonna do, it lifts up its bushy midsection and a mob of seedling monsters with terrible jack-o'-lantern faces oh, rush out of the good. bush and tackle all of the motorcycle riders. Oh no. Like I there's like two, would... on each one, uh, two on each one of them and they, they all fall off their motorcycles. And the speaker turns to all three of you and says, looks like I have some weeding to do. Good thing I brought my good <laughs> gloves. You deal with the big weed. This may be Zeol beginning to challenge us. Her eyes glow purple and two wings sprout out of her back. She uh, reaches behind her into her knapsack and she slides on two amethyst studded gauntlets. And she hops off of Joe the camel, grabs a sprout by the head and bounces it onto the ground like it's a basketball. Inara dumped out his she waves a hand over all three of you, and all of you glow purple for a momentary amount of time, and you are all blessed. So, whenever you want, you can add one d4 to any roll that you make. Once. Once. Yeah. But you can do it before or after your roll. All right, it is Tracy's turn. Tracy's ready to go. Hot damn. The first thing Tracy's going to do is try to protect Inara while she's being restrained. So... 
this is the first time he's doing this, but he's gonna cast a spell. Oh, biz. Wow. So he thinks in his head, sanctuary. And these sigils all over his body start to glow orange brightly. Mm-hmm. And then you see all their light sort of flow into his cannon arm. And uh, he shoots over a blast of orange energy over to Nara. And uh, she is warded against attack. So anyone that attacks Nara will have to make a wisdom saving throw. And on a failed save, they must choose a new target or lose the attack or spell. Trace, that was tight as fuck. That was cool. I like that a lot. And that's a bonus action, so. Oh, God. Hey. Uh, I got two more actions. Hey, now. Tracy grabs his axe from behind his back. He's had a 12-hour energy, so he's going to recklessly Uh-oh. attack. He turns to the speaker and he says, You stole my line! <laughs> and he's going to start swinging away at these uh, vine creatures. Cool. So for a reckless attack, I get advantage on my attack rolls for the first turn. Mm-hmm. And the subsequent turn, you get advantage against me. Cool. But I'm going to take a swing with my big great axe two times. Are you using the sawbone? Hell yeah, I'm using the sawbone. There you go. Nice and bloody. Let's do let's do some medicine. That's how medicine works. <laughs> first attack is an 18. Yeah, that hits. That's five damage on that one. Okay. And take a second swing. A d12 for damage, wow. That's a uh, 26. Does that hit? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that hits. Are you enraged or just caffeinated? Just caffeinated right now. Nice. Um, that's another five damage. All right. Jonathan, it's your turn. Indeed it is. Uh, Johnny's going to hop up as if he meant to fall off of Joe the camel, and this is how he dismounts. It was, it was just a death drop. It's fine. And um, I will Eldritch Blast the creature. That's two Eldritch Blasts I'm going to throw at the, at the dude. Mm-hmm. Do a nine hit. No. Yeah, I didn't figure. Do a 12 hit. No, it does not. Yeah, that's exactly also right. All right. Johnny is going to point his finger guns at the monster and fire Eldritch Blast into the air as a warning shot. Yeah, he he says that out loud afterwards, after he misses. (laughs) Yeah, after I miss, I'm like, those were warning shots. Okay, Uh, Inara, it's your turn. So Inara's going to scramble back from the vine that uh, had held her and pull from her belt a little gray bag. Out of the bag, I have a weird kind of ball of yarn in my hand that I'm going to go ahead and throw up into the air. All right, roll 1d8 to activate your bag of tricks. Nessie, 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 Nessie. Three. Nessie, Nessie, Nessie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a bag. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Okay. Ferocious attack on sight. Anything that moves, wolves. Pack of wolves. That just eats everything. Shark. Hellbear. <laughs> that's Shark. my best friend. All right, you throw the ball into the air. Do you say anything cool and you do it? This is, has to be Pokemon, so you got yeah. Pokemon this. Obviously. She turned her hat in real life, turned her hat around. <laughs> I did. Ash Ketchum style. I did. By the way. I choose you. And you throw the yarn the yarn in the air, and it twists and turns. It's like someone's crocheting in the air, and it turns into a badger. Just okay. a badger. The badger will fall onto its feet, two feet ahead of me. He's going to look at it and say, okay, buddy, um, go be vicious. And I'm going to point at the monster. Okay, I'm gonna do an attack roll for the for the badger. And those are standing orders, so it should do that until told otherwise. 
All right, the <laughs> the badger goes here and runs off to the rose bush and it starts clawing at it. And you know, surprisingly, the badger hits. Whoa. It does damage. It goes Ring. good badger. And it yeah. scrapes at the <laughs> it scrapes at the roots and it does one point of damage. Adorable. It tried. To be clear, though, I use my movement to back as far away from the uh, monster as I can. Okay, make another dexterity saving throw to get out of the get out of its clutches. Ooh, 26. Yeah, you, uh, the vine tries to re-grab you, but you're able to scoot away. It is now the rose monster's turn. Right. Oh, good. And, um... Just try to attack a Nari, dare you. All five of the rose heads look at each one of you, and they go... And that's their turn, great. Nope, that's their <laughs> and turn. They do what two, a wonderful turn. He does two attacks against Tracy, because he's the only one who really hit. One against the badger, one against Johnny, and one against Anara, and we're going to go in order. So I'm going to attack Tracy... I have advantage. 18, does that hit? Yes, it does. Okay. And I got 13, does that hit? No, it does not. Okay, Tracy takes 14 points of damage. Good. And you get pulled 10 more feet towards the rose monster. If you get pulled one more time, that would be bad for you. Wow, so I'm like 10 feet away then? Yeah. Cool. And now uh, it attacks Johnny. Oh, two things, okay. one. Johnny uh, straightens up as he sees the creature uh, move towards him yeah. and raises his uh, core staff with the lantern, mm -hmm. wags his finger like, uh-uh-uh, no, 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 and does a warding flare. It okay. imposes a disadvantage on the attack rolls against me from that creature. Ah, beans. Does a 12 hit you? Nope. All right. So the Vi-U- the oh, Vi tries it. to- Wait, but this is actually bad because then I can't hit you with Whoops. the Hellish Rebuke. Whoops. <laughs> the vine flies over your head as you cleric it to miss. And you can see the defi each defined thorn just oh, no. passes through and how, how prickly it is. It is very prickly. And unfortunately, it says only if it just damaged me. Oops. All right. Uh, Anara. <laughs> I rolled a crit one. <laughs> and the badger actually, and the rose monster feels so bad to hit the badger, it kind of just pats it on the head, and the badger goes, ring. And, 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 does a couple points of damage. Heals the, the badger, makes the badger stronger. Maybe the, the, the badger becomes a 12 foot badger. Maybe, maybe the badger, badger bites the, the I don't thing. know what you want. When you, you roll a one, things have to happen. Oh my God, like okay. When you roll a All right, here's what, here's what happens. I think two heads it, should get tangled in each other. Uh, here's what happens. The rose monster tries to attack at the badger, and the badger digs underground, and it's confused, and it doesn't know where the badger went. And we'll come back to that. Okay. I'll give you that one. There I'll you take go. it. I'll take it. Now I'm going to attack Inara. What do I have to do because of Sanctuary? Because of Sanctuary, you have to make a wisdom saving throw okay. against me. All right. I roll old a 14. My spell save DC is a 13, so you okay. are successful. All right. Now I'm going to attack an Inara. All right. I got a 13. My armor class is a 14. All right, so the, another a vine go, goes over your left shoulder, and you, you can see like every single prickle of the vine, and it is very spiny. And it, it, it like nicks your shoulder a little bit. Non-lethally. Non-lethally, but it just like, it rips, it rips your cool t-shirt. Don't hey. worry, I can fix that. Everyone looks over to see how the speaker's doing, and now she's holding two ceilings and smashes them together, and then flies over to help another one of the motorcycle riders who have like three of them as just like inside of their helmet, and they don't know what oh, to no. do. And now it's Tracy's turn again. Tracy's gonna yell over to Bridge. Bridge, why is this happening? 
I don't know, dog. I haven't looked at that. I think bad stuff is happening. Is this normal? No. So Tracy's going to use his fast movement to back up as far as he can. He can do 40 feet in one turn. And he's going to shoot twice with his thunder cannon and use his new thundermonger special ability. Okay. Which gives me an extra d6 thunder damage. And while he's loading up the cannon, he's going to switch on his rage. All right, here's the first shot. He loads the cannon and shoots a 15. Uh, yeah, that hits. Great. So I'm rolling 3d6. 15 damage. Hot damn. Okay. And then he's going to reload his cannon and fire again. There you go. That's a 20. Yeah, that hits. Great. And that's 14 damage. And uh, because Tracy's so hopped up on the 12 energy, he's just screaming while he's firing his cannon. <laughs> 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 Okay. Ah! All right. So, so as, all right. So as you back away and you're firing your cannon, all five of these flower heads shoot out towards you, trying to grab you in its thorny maws. Do so you take? You get five opportunity attacks against you. Five? One for each flower head. So that doesn't hit. That's one hit. That doesn't hit. Three. That hits. Three opportunity attacks hit. You get 34 piercing damage against you, but that's halved from your rage. Yep. So you get 17 points of damage. Great. As the flower heads are shooting towards you and trying to grab you, three of them do, but you're able to fire the cannon directly in the face of one of the flowers, and you blast it right off. Hell yeah. So now there are only four of them remaining. And it is now Johnny's turn. Good work, Tracy. I'm going to do two Eldritch Blasts, aim them towards the heads of the creatures. It's 11 plus 7 and 13 plus 7. Both of those hit. Kill. One does 14 damage, one does 11 damage. Nice. Okay. Uh, the Rose Heads, they try to twist away to get away from your Eldritch Blast. And... Uh, one hits one of the rose heads. That rose head is so confused that it moves in front of the other Eldritch Blast, and you just fire it right off. That head is dead as well. Whoa. So now there is only three left. Kill it, Johnny! Anara, it is your turn. Anara, looking at the little tear in her cloak on her shoulder, is mad. So I am going to pull the cloak closed across me and look down at the patches that are sewn over my left-hand side. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and tear off that dagger patch. Okay. Anara, as you pull the patch off of the cloak, you hear a poof, and you see a cloud of knives. Cloud of knives! Cloud of knives! Cloud of knives! Start spinning towards the rose monster. Time to get pruned. And Anara's going to point forward as the knives are directed toward the middle of the remaining heads. Right. I want you to roll 6d4. Tracy is jumping up and down, pumping his fists in the air. You're like, still going, yeah, Anara, yeah, 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 Anara, kill it! This ra rage and caffeinated Tracy. 16. Okay. You do 16 points of damage to the rose monster. The rose monster, the two vines that were holding up the rose heads before, they start to wiggle and turn and twist. And on each one of the vines, two rose heads grow out of the beheaded vines. It looks healthier than it did before when it regrows these two heads. 
and now it has seven heads. As these two heads grow back, you see the one all the way on the left, that rose head starts to twist, and it goes back and forth and back and forth. If you could see fear on the face of a flower, you would see it. And then the head just falls off, and you see your badger hey! is just pointing out of the pointing out of the vine. It just chews and goes, and then it goes back down inside of the inside of the vine. Good boy. I'm gonna say this is my favorite badger. My favorite badger of all time. So now there are six heads, and I'm gonna do two attacks to each view. I'm gonna start with Tracy. Nine plus eight is seventeen. Does that beat it? Yes. Okay. So you get hit once, and you take. 12 points of damage, but you're raging, so you only take six. I have disadvantage against Johnny. Does 20 hit you? Yes. Oh, okay. I got a nat 20, but I don't get to use it. I rolled two nat 20s in a row! Oh, something beans. is suspect. Give me that dice. Johnny takes 24 points of damage. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to attack Anara, but I can't because of Sanctuary. So I make a wisdom saving throw. Yes, you do. All right. I rolled a five. What does that do? So you did not. So you have to choose a new target or get rid of the attack completely. I'm going to try to do the badger. The badger's technically inside the I'm getting right disadvantage against myself. It can hit itself. That's it can, fine. So it's going to hit yours. It's going to hit itself. That's what we're hoping for. Okay. I rolled a 23. And uh, the vine that was supposed to go to Nara, it gets like two inches away from your face. And then you glow orange like the sanctuary bolt Hell that yeah. Tracy sent out, and it flies back to itself in the head that it missed with the badger popped out of, and it does six damage to itself, and also the badger only has three points of health, so as it slaps itself with its own vine, it does six damage to itself, but also does six damage to the badger. Goodbye, friend! It, like, pulls the badger out of itself and throws it away, and as the badger's flying through the air, it turns back into a ball of yarn. Floats off on the wind, reunited with nature. At this point, you see the speaker and bridge. Like, they both have four seedlings in their hands, and they fly very high up in the air, and they just drop them onto the ground, and all the seedlings go splat as they hit the ground. Ooh, like a seagull opening a muscle. Gross. Tracy, it's your turn. That sounds That's delicious. That'd be... <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? The creature pulls its roots out of the ground and takes two big, rooty claws forward and moves 20 feet outside of the Chronopolis Circle. Tracy's going to keep backing up. He has a range of 500 feet on this gun, so he's going to keep backing up, keep screaming. He hasn't actually <laughs> stopped screaming since the battle began, and he doesn't have to breathe, so he just it's just one long, continuous scream. And uh, he's going to fire two big thunderbolts at this monster. All right, do that damage. Well, that was a crit one on the first one. Okay. And that one's a 15 plus 4 for 19. Okay. That's 10 damage total. Okay. You fire a massive thunderbolt, and it hits the rose monster right in the middle of its bushy torso. Yeah, I'm uh, for the torso. And when you try to fire another one, and your cannon jams with oh, your crit one. Oh, no. So you cannot fire one of those big thunderbolts for the rest of the fight. It is Johnny's turn. I'm in the burning hands of the creature. Do it. Yeah, let him on fire, Johnny! Yeah, Johnny, give it to him. Johnny spreads his hands out and summons fire in a 15-foot cone. <gasps> it needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Hey. What's the AC? Or what? What, what do I need to beat? What'd you roll? I rolled a... 
Generally, when I ask for it, yeah. <laughs> I rolled an 11. So that would be a fail. Oh, no. You needed to beat a different number. Hot damn. That was our DM trying to cheat. <laughs> what was, what was it? <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. First off, flammable objects are now on fire. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn. I think plants like, are flammable. I don't know. A plant? I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Are, are, are plants flammable? Certainly. I don't know. It's wooden roots. Yeah, we, we might need to look this up in a book or something, but I think. Mm. Do we don't need biologists. I don't know. I don't know. And that's going to be a 16 damage. However, I will also use the blessing. 16, 17 damage. It is now on fire. Oh, beans. Okay. And the fun thing is that the heads that we've already chopped off is just kindling now. It's true. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what ha- here's what happens. You do so 17. 17 is the base damage I do. This does 34 points of damage. As it generally a thing that's bad to fire times would, yes. <laughs> Tracy is doing backflips now. Yeah, and Ara is like fist pumping over and over and over again. Oh, actually, that's a lie. I forgot to add four. Oh my <laughs> that's, god. Uh, it's, it was 21 points of damage. I'm sorry. I forgot I have to add my charisma. All so right. That's 21 points of damage. Okay. Tracy, Tracy's floating. So 21 times two Tracy, is 42 points noticed. of damage. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this thing lights up like you would think if you lit a rose bush on fire, what would happen to it? The fire is traveling up from the roots that are no longer, like, in the ground, so it wouldn't even be able to, like, stamp it out if it wanted to. It is just going up like a Christmas tree in February. This thing looks very bad, and one of the heads just, like, crumbles in ash. Nara, it's, this thing is still up, but it is currently on fire, and it is unhappy. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anara, it is your turn. I'm going to take a, like, warrior pose and crook my finger toward the cloud of knives to summon them back toward the monster. The monster moved forward, but the cloud of knives was stationary. So I'm going to bring it to hit the monster right in the gut. I want it to just, like, get at that HP. You know what? Ordinarily, you wouldn't be able to do that, but this thing's doing very badly, and this was a magic cloud I heard of it was on fire, so uh, hopefully it's distracted. I heard point. the daggers are on fire now, too, and it's very cool. So the, the daggers now deal flaming damage. If the daggers have parts of it that could be flammable, yeah. they Wooden are now handles. on fire. The handles are wood, yeah. yeah. Thus causing fire damage to whatever they would hit. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I don't Why say not? Sure. Just that saying. Sounds, that, that totally makes sense to me. All right, the, the the daggers are still spinning, and now they're on fire, and the daggers the start moving towards the rose monster. Good, good, good. Yes. And the rose monster uh, is looking around at all three of you, and the saplings are still on top of all the motorcycle riders, and it's ready to make its next attack. And then it goes, huh, and falls over dead. Yay! Tracy is running around in circles. We need to put We did it! We did it! We did it! And we now have a fire And I was going to pull out Mr. Sippy and say, Geyser, and very responsibly put out the fire. As it falls backwards into the Chronopolis circle and the lush spring grass starts to light on fire, Anara puts on her fireman hat and puts it all out. God damn, you jumped my trap. And now the the soil is fertilize and oh, yeah, yeah. prepared for future non-harming loamy, plants. Yes. you know, disintegrating leaves exactly. as the snow makes the leaves right. rot. It becomes just, you know, just fertile ground for we, future generations. We did what, a good thing for the environment. We did. What happened to the seedlings? You look over at the crowd of people who are dealing with the seedlings and the speaker's kind of mopping them up. 
She has one in one hand, and she's like throwing it back and forth to herself, just kind of messing around with it. And then uh, I'm Bridge, glad that that's what the speaker is doing. Yeah, and Bridge yeah, yeah. Pu- and Bridge punches it out of her hand. Bridge punches it out of her hands. Tracy's running around in circles and saying, "Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, can you do the switch, please?" Actually, this- oh right. So I'm going to flip Tracy's rage switch off. Thank you. You defeated the terrible rose monster. Yay. We did it. Where are you guys at health-wise right now, by the way? I'm at a 40 out of 70. 52 out of 56. Dang, I'm at 34. Where'd the cloud of knives go? I just wanted to I try to make sure <laughs> there's that still I... Spe- there's still a cloud of spinning, flaming daggers. I'm going to make sure that it kind of cuts up the carcass of that rose bush, because I, I want no possibility of it reincarnating, kind of till up that soil a little bit. And then I'm going to look at Johnny and say, hey, hey, Johnny, could this be useful to you? Could you send it over to my ranch, you know, Rancho Idilo? And uh, like an owl in Harry Potter, I will just say to the knives, Rancho Idilo, fly, fly, my children. I now have tilling equipment. I love this game. I guess. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was on the patch. You can do whatever you want. Uh, See, when you wear your DM out enough in body and soul, they'll just say yes to your ideas. <laughs> That's true. All right. As you're dealing with the tilling equipment, I guess, the speaker walks over to the three of you, holds out our hands, and all of you glow purple, and you gain back 18 hit points. Hey, that's hey, great. Yeah, first she's, useful thing she's done for us. She's a high level of healing word. I'm concerned about my ability to heal you in the future, but I'm willing to do whatever I can to make sure that we all come out of this okay. Thank you for dealing with that monster. I, I believed in you the entire time. Uh, that's nice, I guess, but like we all died again. Me, those men would have died if, we, if I hadn't cleaned it up. You see, you think this guy? You think this guy? It's really dangerous. <laughs> she, she points over to Bridge, and Bridge is still trying to like bounce one like a basketball. I think that they needed my help more than you did. Well, if we're not even inside Chronopolis yet, and this is the kind of stuff that's waiting for us, we're gonna need some help. So this one's going to be specific, guys. It is summer in America, and that means baseball. The actual game is, okay, fine, whatever. But the stuff around it, oh my god, popcorn, soft serve, hot dogs, peanuts, kids running, sun setting, wind whistling through the thick plastic seats, and that field. Ugh, this is the greenest grass you've ever seen. Welcome to the mid-roll. Have you ever thought to yourself, gee, I really want to send my lovely JTP friends something in the physical space well, now you can, because we have a P.O. Box. You can send us stuff at Multitude, P.O. Box 3241, Astoria, New York, 11103. That link will also be on our website under the About section of jointhepartypod.com. This is very important, though, that the name on the package does have to be Multitude. You can draw a dice or write JTP somewhere on the envelope or the package, but the mailing address must be Multitude. And we love physical mail. So please send us a postcard, send us whatever you like. This is really exciting for us, and we are glad to share this with you. One more time, that's Multitude, P.O. Box 3241, Astoria, New York, 11103. Hey, hi, hello to our newest patrons, Casey, Kian, Catherine, Jesse, Michael, Otto, Jericho, Todd, Allison, Jessica Ross, Ina, Rebecca, Amy, hi, Amy, Maike, Kelsey, I will be adorable, is their name, that's great, and Zach. 
Wow, it is wild how many of you are flooding through. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We are excited to say hello to you in the Discord and also to have you supporting the show. This is what keeps us grooving and we're super, super happy about it. If you want to join the ranks and have your name read in the next episode, you can do that at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We are sponsored this episode by Shire Suds. ShireSuds.com is a zero waste company that uses local ingredients to make soap that's perfect for people with extra sensitive skin like me and my delicate flesh prison. I need like scent free soaps and this stuff works for me. And they donate part of their proceeds to a really good cause. So if you mention Join the Party at checkout, every purchase of a Pride soap bar sends half of their proceeds to Equality Maine, a nonprofit organization that fights for LGBTQ rights in Maine. So that is Shire Suds at ShireSuds.com. And you can mention Join the Party to make sure that half of the proceeds from your purchase go to Equality Maine. It's gay soap, y'all. It's all I want. We are also sponsored by 20-Sided Store in Brooklyn, New York, as always, whose co-owner Lauren Belanco is our resident master dungeon master. Every month, we bring her one of our listeners' questions about games and GMing, which, by the way, we need new questions, so please email us, hello at jointhepartypod.com, with your questions for our master dungeon master. Could be about playing, could be about DMing, could be about different games to play. It's all good. Today, our question for Lauren is... How do you handle another player who doesn't come prepared and doesn't pay attention during the game without calling them out or making them feel bad? Lauren suggests, just continue on. As the DM, focus on the other players and allow that player to participate whenever they're ready to join in. Assume that the player is following along with the decisions that the rest of the party is making until that player says otherwise. They'll usually start to pay attention and start to come prepared when they realize that the game does not stop and start at their convenience. If you're another player in the campaign, I might try to team up with that player to accomplish a task that I know their character will be skilled at or that the player would enjoy being a part of. Thank you, Master Dungeon Master. And as a reminder, you can always use the code JOINTHEPARTY in-store or online at 20sidedstore.com to save 20% off of your purchase. All right, that's all the housekeeping for today. So now let's get back to the show. with the motorcycle gang arranged around you, you start to head down the road to Chronopolis proper. I want everyone to make a history check, and Tracy, I want you to get advantage on it. Thirteen. Fifteen. Fifteen. Johnny and Tracy, as you are riding through the Chronopolis town, you see the villagers who live in this in the greater Chronopolis area there's just like people going about their day you're driving by towns and and houses a man rides off on a horse and someone else comes out of their house and says why is she riding sunflower that's my horse you ride by another place where uh, a man and a woman are embracing and the man says you're a real good friend Al thank you and you ride by another one and someone is doing a proposal and The woman shouts out, Of course I'll marry you, Jamie. And you go by another town that's having an election. They're reading the results out. Everyone is uh, surrounded around this grandstand, and someone comes up to the microphone and says, And by a slim number of votes, your new mayor is... And you drive by without being able to hear the result. Johnny and Tracy, you realize that you've heard these pieces of dialogue before. 
Tracy grips the handlebars of his bike a little tighter. Johnny's not a believer that fate is written out in stone. Things are fluid. Tracy, in your side bag where you keep all of your stuff, uh, you feel a rattling. I reach in there to grab it, and it's the book of things to come. And its pages are like wildly paging forward very quickly and paging backwards really quickly. Tracy's going to pull his bike off to the side, turn the engine off, and uh, open the book. Okay. Why don't we have the convoy stop? Yeah, uh, people I'm do gonna walk key o- breaks or whatever, and Johnny comes over. I'm going to call Inara over. What's up, guys? The book flips all the way to the back and then all the way to the front and opens back up to the lines where you originally saw them. And you see that these first four lines that you heard on your journey so far, they get crossed out in this thick black line of ink. What's next below that? The one below that is someone help her. No one said that Anara couldn't swim below that. I'm sorry, Johnny. I can't afford to leave you alive. And the last one says the bounty said Tracy, dead or alive. My throat is going to go very dry. And I'm just going to look between Tracy and Johnny. Tracy slams the book shut. What? Um... So back the other way then, guys, or, uh... Hey, I was team not coming here in the The Hydra seems like a fun excursion now. Yeah, Uh, I could do that again over and over. Yeah, let's just keep doing that until we die of old age. The book forces against Tracy's hands and opens up, and it flips to the middle of the book. It's a blank page. Someone is writing into it, defeat the Rose Hydra, and then it gets crossed out with a black line. That was a lot less impressive. We just did that. (laughs) (laughs) And below that first line, there are six more bullets that appear like someone is writing on the page. Is there any writing happening next to the bullets? Nope. Uh, So that's creepy. Uh, A little bit. Um, Because the other writers are taking so long, there's like a line... Behind for, a for single bush. Tree. Yeah, for one tree. <laughs> the one piece of cover. I'm glad we all went to the exact the same piece. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy hasn't actually done this before, but he's been able to do rituals for a while. And one of his rituals is called Identify. Okay. It takes him 10 minutes, but he's he takes a look at the book and examines every corner of it, every facet of it. And every few seconds, an individual sigil will light up on his body until at the end of the 10 minutes, he's fully glowing in orange. Okay, let's start with Identify. What does this tell you? Identify lets me learn a magic-imbued item's properties, how to use them, whether it requires attunement to use, and how many charges it has. I learn whether any spells are affecting the item and what they are. If the item was created by a spell, I learn which spell created it. Identify is used on, like, artifacts to reveal, like, how you can use them. However, like, you can't use the book of things to come it's not you it's like i'm gonna hang out with the book of things to come and then i'm gonna be able to see the future it like, uses you yeah this is a this is very very high level of both evocation and divination what i can really tell you you can't attune to it this is not a grimoire where it's like you are you can say a magic word and it's gonna do its thing i would treat this like it was a creature to be honest like it is its own it has its own providence. It can't be used. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. That's really the best I can tell you. I would also say that if you want to get really into it, this is like some chronomancy shit. Like, this is the controlling of time, and a singular being cannot do it by itself. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is some godly level shit. Okay. Speaking of God. Yeah. 
I'm going to do a religious check to Dang figure right. out where did it come from, where will it go, and its association with Cotton Eye Joe. There he is. <laughs> Dude. Uh, 14. Sure. With a 14, you can find, you you put the pieces together, and this is associated with the god of Zeul from the Trinity. Hmm. There's this idea that like he controls time and can, in theory, see the future and can imbue objects with his own power and kind of gets stuck in said objects. When a, a divine force puts power into it, they're stuck into it. Yeah. I get that. But they they're will... not like literally stuck in there like, help me, exactly. help me. Learning what we've just learned and sort of at a, still at a loss here, mm-hmm. Tracy turns around and goes, Yo, speak! <laughs> Come over! The speaker is sitting backwards on Joe and is kind of like waiting for people to get their stuff together. And she says, Tracy, that's not my name. You know how I don't like when people shorten anything about me. Yes, Tracy, how can I be of service to you? Um, sorry about your name. I apologize. You're right. I don't like it when people call me other things either. That's true. That's why I call Jonathan Jonathan all the time. Right. It's so nice and kind of you to be respectful of his full name. Not my name so i got this book a long time ago and i explained where i got the book where it came from to the speaker um and these things just happened as we were riding by do you know anything about this particular book or like anything about zayul involved in this book um there are some time shenanigans going on and we have to know a little bit more about it if we're gonna, I don't know, not die. Yeah, mostly because it says that me and Johnny are gonna die. Definitely, definitely dying. water, drown. Yeah. The speaker takes the book and flips through all the pages, and she's knitting her eyebrows together, and she says, "I thought it was bad enough that he got his hands on one object, but now we have another one here." Oh no, I have another one, but yes. No, not you. It's my book. Not you, Tracy. Please don't take my book. I'm. I think you would be the perfect person to hold on to this. And this, Tracy, I want to let you know that this was not yours to begin with. You can keep it, but Zayul likes to tinker with things, and uh, he can't help but leave a part of himself in every single one that he tinkers with. I'm surprised that he would go for bookbinding. I think the best thing for us to do is bring this back to the deity who messed with it in the first place. Let's get some real answers. The motorcycles and Joe are spurned to go double time. So you are just tearing down this country road. I'm very glad I have goggles and a scarf. Yeah winding through these villages that we were seeing before, and then it becomes a sort of highway as it leads to the capital proper. And you guys are just speeding down. You are passing carts and other motorcycles and like little buggies. Anyone else who's on the road, it's like you have a police escort and you're just flying by them. As you pull in, you're in the outskirts of Chronopolis proper. There is a domed building that is plated on all sides with a shimmering glass. As you drive up, the seasons start to change pretty rapidly. We are back to fall, and then it's a cloudy winter day, and then it's high summer, and it is so, so hot all of a sudden, and it switches back to the nice fall day that you expected. There are guards outside of the dome building, but the speaker just hops off. Everyone just parts for her, and you walk briskly into the dome building. 
it looks like an operating theater from the early like 20th century. There are, are rows and rows of audience seats that's focused onto a middle platform. And on the middle platform, there is a glass case that has a compass inside. And the compass isn't much. It's rather large. It would probably take up your entire pocket if you try to put it in your pocket. But other than that, it looks pretty regular. The speaker just kind of like pushes her way in. She walks down the steps from the amphitheater, opens the glass and picks the compass up and she turns it over. And on the back, an etching of a key is carved into the back of the compass. And as she picks it up, she says, Seul, I know you're in there. And I think it would be against your manner to leave a lady waiting. And the compass is still for a moment. And the needle starts to spin and spin and spin. And all of you feel a little different. The air has changed noticeably. And Johnny, you are feeling godly presence up to wazoo. Tracy, in your backpack, you feel the book starts to shake and it's shaking wildly this time. I take the book out. And the pages are turning wildly, wildly and going back and forth and back and forth. And finally, after waiting there and just hearing the rattling book, you hear, Oh, what is this? I wouldn't let anybody wait here for a while. Come on in. Please take a seat. There, there can't be anything else that you could do than sitting here with old Zaywool and putting up his feet. Are you cold? Is it cold in here? I think it's cold in here. And the book opens up right to the middle where you saw the writing for the Rose Hydra before. And something starts to write in the book. The first thing on the page is crossed out. You see, defeat the Rose Hydra. Run with the cows. Groom Mr. Pickles. Attend the opera. Clean the horse stables. Retrieve the golden wool. Complete the labyrinth of dawn runs. Yeah, one out of seven ain't bad. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fache, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. 
Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.